When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed. Well, goodness me, what a what a dramatic 24 hours it has been in terms of news. Another, obviously, a major story developing overnight after the very, very worrying disappearance of a 33-year-old marketing executive, Sarah Everard. She went missing after leaving a friend's house uh, uh, in the evening of uh, last 3rd of March, just exactly a week ago, uh, in Clapham in southwest London. Uh, in a statement overnight, Metropolitan Police uh, have announced that they have arrested a serving Metropolitan Police police officer uh, in connection with the disappearance of Sarah Everard and a woman was arrested at the same address uh, on suspicion of assisting an offender and has also been taken into custody at a London police station as well. Uh, Detective Chief Inspector Catherine Goodwin has said this is a significant development in our inquiry in a fast moving investigation and we're doing everything we can to find Sarah. Uh, Her disappearance uh, according to her family totally out of character so that developing news story there will keep you up to date on any developments on that. Well I think obviously a lot of our focus today will still be on, yes, you've guessed it, the royal family, especially after that statement from Buckingham Palace. I mean, this this was really quite a, a devastating statement. This statement goes far far further than uh, I think many people on the face of it might think. Um, it was definitely a statement that was meant to, just four paragraphs, to dampen things down, take things back behind closed doors, whether that works or not, uh, to take some of the sting out of the criticism of the royal family, but also big question marks over Meghan and Harry's version of events with that very, very key phrase, while some recollections may vary. They go on to say they are taken very seriously and will be addressed by the family privately. Well, to discuss this and all of the other many myriads of stories today, uh, joining me is a barrister and political commentator, Bobby Friedman. Good morning to you, Bobby. Morning, Julia. Good morning. Right, let's, I mean, there's lots to talk about in relation to this and it's all very much ties in with uh, 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 my old colleague uh, Piers Morgan walking out of GMB uh, yesterday. Um, obviously not on air today. He is the big, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the big scalp in terms of this. Um, what I find really interesting here is that um, to all intents and purposes, the Queen in this statement, very measured, very calm, very carefully worded. I mean, that statement, those four paragraphs will have taken, you know, four hours to write in total and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite again. Um, um, the Queen is basically saying, mm, not everything you're saying is the truth, the full truth and nothing but the truth. Is it Harry and Meghan? Um, and, and, and when she says it, then it's all very dignified. <laughs> when Piers Morgan says it, then he ends up walking out of his job. But let's focus. Let's focus on what the Queen, the Queen has had to say. Um, 
clearly they're trying to dampen things down. They're trying to sort of, no, let's go back. Can we, you know, th this is the equivalent of someone, someone screaming outside a pub, you know, you know, people having a fight. You're not, he's not worth it. He's not worth it. I mean, it's full EastEnders uh, style, but posh version. And this is the Queen trying to drag everybody in the pub fight back indoors, closing the door and taking it back inside so not everyone in the street can hear. Has she succeeded? I, do, I think she will have succeeded probably in the UK. I think there's a massive difference, though, between how things are perceived in this country and, and around the world. I think, by and large, in the UK, people will still support the, the Queen. I think that this is one of those those uh, issues where you can take a nuanced view. I do take a nuanced view, even though this now seems to be dividing and you either have to be Team Meghan or Team Royals. I think the, the part of the problem, what Piers Morgan said, he was attacking her... A description, Megan's description of being suicidal and her mental health issues. And I think you can believe that and have a lot of sympathy for that, whilst also, as I do, having some suspicions over what Megan and Harry said in other respects, which in, su in some instances don't seem to fully check out. So I, I think in the UK, the royal family will, will carry on uh, broadly as before, this will all have blown up, will have distracted us from COVID, thank God. But in the rest of the world... Um, I think it may have a longer term impact. Yeah, I mean, look, there is a distraction from COVID. Uh, I, in a way, actually, I find that rather annoying. But I, I want to talk about the stories that people are talking about. And the Queen issuing a statement like this is news. And I don't, it's not it's not just gossip and tittle-tattle uh, at these points at all when it's a, a major news story like this around the world. Um, you know, more than 11 million people watched that interview on Monday night, you know, until 11pm, for goodness sake, on a, on a Monday night, on a school and a work night. Um, I mean, actually, I, you know, I want to get on and talk about things like what Chris Whitty and Patrick Valance said, the stuff that's actually impacting on people's jobs, lives, and, and in fact, the mental health of millions of people who are suffering right now, and indeed their physical health as well. Um, but this is undoubtedly um, a, a huge story. Um, but this is the thing. Um, any any control that the palace has ever had over Meghan and Harry disappeared over a year ago when they moved off to the Canada and then to California. Um, they're not able to do it. They've already cut them off financially. They they've, they've stripped away the patronages. Poll on the front page of the Daily Mail today now strip them of titles. Fifty one percent of people uh, who are say uh, they would uh, they want um, the Harry and Meghan stripped of their royal titles. And I don't know if that's just the Duke and Duchess uh, of Sussex titles or or whether they strip away the HRH and the Prince title for Prince Harry. Look, I mean, I'm not, I don't like titles anyway. I don't like the idea of anyone thinking they are, you know, you're not a highness or a majesty above me. I know one's below me. No one's above me. I, we're all equal. I don't like titles. But, you know, he was born a prince. He's the son of a future king. He's, 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 He's he's a prince. That's the end of the matter. If anyone's a prince, Prince Harry's a prince. Um, the fact that the British public, in a poll like that, in the after having seen this, as who were the, of the people who were interested enough to watch the documentary, that they believe that 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 there should be some level almost of punishment for what Harry and Meghan have had to say, that suggests a distinct lack of sympathy and a distinct lack of. I, I mean, if, if you're going to be unsympathetic to them, surely that implies people don't believe everything they had to say. Well, I think there are two things because one is about did what they say is what they say correct, but mm. secondly, there's also the premise of this, which is we've all had rows in our in our families. Yes. It's like it's like coming uh, it's like coming onto the street on the first of January and shouting about all the things that everyone said on Christmas Day. It wasn't this disgrace. <laughs> and, 
we've all, we've all. I think the whole it. nation is nodding right now, Bobby. <laughs> exactly, because it's families, and there is a certain oddity when families decide to to wash their dirty laundry in public, and I think that is something that. That was the one thing that I thought I, I did feel quite a lot of sympathy for them at some points watch, watching the interview. As I say, sceptical of some bits, but mm. I did feel sympathy for them. Yeah, well, I mean, but, it's a posture in Kyle at all intents and purposes, isn't it? Exactly. And it's all about, well, you said this. No, you said this. I oh, wasn't in disgrace. My dad's cut me off, blah, blah, blah. It, 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 just have a private discussion. I, I thought, ob- obviously, the recollections may vary line, which I think will now enter the vernacular, yes. uh, was brilliant in the in the statement. But equally saying it will be dealt with in private yeah. was also, I think, as, te- as telling, because it's a private matter. It, there's, I don't think there really is a broader public interest. I mean, obviously, it's interesting to the public. But I don't think they, that there was a need for Harry and Meghan to speak out, no. apart from, from them wanting to put their side of the story. Uh, there was no, no. There was no but, reason but, but why the, this couldn't have no, been Indeed, dealt. I mean, it's quite clear that the, the, the statement about um, recollections may vary is in the paragraph when saying the issues raised, particularly that of race, are concerning. While some recollections may vary. Now, this could be about whether or not, you know, it was Kate who cried or Meghan who cried or no one cried uh, at this whole incident involving bridesmaids' dresses. I mean, seriously, ladies, get a real problem, like trying to put food on the table for your kids and paying your mortgage rather than worrying about bridesmaids' dresses. I mean, frankly, I'd like to slap them both for that. Um, I don't care who, who was crying in that scenario. But um, but but there there are things that were... De- they are Some of the things that were said by Meghan in the interview are demonstrably false. They, they can be proven, you know, they, they must, and she must have known that they were untrue. Things like the the, the talk about Archie's title, um, that, this idea that he's the first, you know, royal child that's not going to have this, uh, a royal great-grandchild who's not going to have this title. I mean, that's simply not the case. It's just not the case. Even, I mean, look, even Edward and, uh, and Sophie's and also Princess Anne's children don't have... Uh, these titles and their grandchildren or great-grandchildren. Um, also about the couple's security being decided by the royal family. It's not, it's decided by the Home Office. The um, sources in the Home Office have, have told the media, you know, that actually it's just absolute nonsense, a lot of these claims. Um, um, and also this idea that they got married privately three days before the public ceremony. No, they didn't. They may have had a rehearsal. They may have just exchanged some vows and had a private moment. Legally speaking, you ain't, you ain't getting married in a garden in this country. If she thought... If she thought that she had a legal wedding three days earlier, um, which was well, someone lied to her or she's lying to us. Now, there's some things like that um, that are probably untrue. Um, I mean, that's just stretching the truth or just being very vague with the truth. The claims about racism. Now, we don't know who said what and we don't know when they said it and what, what they actually said. So very difficult for us to make judgments on that. It's certainly entitled to the, for the Buckingham Palace to hit back at it. Um when it comes to the mental health issue, and this leads on to the Piers Morgan issue, is that you know she she says that she felt suicidal. I'm not in a position. No one is in a position. Not even Prince Harry is in a position to make a judgment on that. Um, whether or not people want to say, well, look, this is someone who is an actress um, who has said things in the past or in this same interview which are are questionably uh, 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 untrue. Um, I, I am sure that she had a terrible time. I think it must have been absolutely rotten. I, again, I wouldn't wish being a royal uh, a royal family member on my worst enemy. Um, 
the, the, the question that people are raising, and I believe Piers Morgan was raising, was her question that she felt this way and that she had nowhere to turn to and she and Harry would have, were, were refused help by the royal family and by the royal household and that they had no way of getting help for her when she felt, she says, suicidal. Well, when we know that, that, that Prince Harry was, had had therapy himself and had been involved in, in, in mental health charities with his own sister, brother and sister-in-law. So that bit is clearly untrue. I mean, no one's saying that she didn't have the feelings that she had, but but the fact that the fact that she could claim that there was no one to turn to, they had no way of getting help. I can't remember the exact words, but that that can't be true because, of course, they had ways of getting help, as everyone does, and they in particular with their contacts. Um, it's perfectly reasonable for Piers Morgan to question that, surely. Well, uh, you do have to remember that Piers Morgan was questioning it. The morning before the, the full interview came out in the UK, I don't know whether he'd managed to watch it over an, overnight. But he'd seen those relevant clips. Well, but fundamentally, he, he said that he did not believe someone who, who said that she had severe mental health issues um, and was uh, was suicidal. And personally, I don't think that, that anybody is in a position to say that that was untrue. And um, and there's a difference between having an opinion and just casting aspersions on someone because he, you don't like them or because you just want wasn't to, he questioning to, be, the whole... to set the news agenda. No, I, my very strong impression I got from it, obviously I'm on air while he, while he was on air, so I don't I don't see it live, but that he was questioning, you saying, I, no, I don't believe a word of it. It was, was about her saying that she couldn't she couldn't get access to any help. Well, um, I, I'm not sure exactly the words that, that he used because I... Like you, I would be listening to talk radio, if not Good on man. talk radio, rather than watching you GMB. Where I imagine, incidentally, they must be having an interesting morning on GMB, trying not to talk about uh, one of the biggest <laughs> news stories of the day, which is their presenter <laughs> not being there. Um, but, but, but either way, I don't, I don't, th I, I don't think that when you are and. This is the problem with Piers Morgan, that it is also about for him staying relevant and being outrageous. Um, that when doing so you're questioning someone's uh, mental mental health story I, th I think that is very difficult and i think that is very concerning i think that's why people were so upset when they when when they they heard that yesterday well some um, people the twitter the twitter mobs that that like to try and get people well, I, 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 think... I had people i had i had about gosh i mean a few dozen tweets to me last night saying you're next I was a very unpleasant, I was blatantly racist, uh, uh, or blanched witch was one of the comments uh, that was given to me that, you know, you're next, we're going to get you, you know, we're going to get your show off air next. They, they, they come for everybody eventually. If you give opinions that people don't like, it seems to me um, people are allowed to give their opinions and keep their jobs. I'm, I'm, I don't, I mean, I don't agree with Piers on a million different topics, uh, particularly on lockdown. I, I think, I think he's, I think he's been appalling on the issue of lockdown. I think his hypocrisy over telling everyone to lock down over Christmas and getting on a plane to Antigua, I think was absolutely outrageous. But I don't want people sacked for giving opinions. No, and I don't, I don't much like people being sacked for or giving or being, opinions. Or being forced, say, to, forced to leave because they're told to apologise. I'm not going to ever apologise for any opinion I give. No, but Julia, what you what you do do is you give your opinions that you believe. And so, you know, as, as anyone who listens to this show knows, you and I often disagree. But I always know that your opinion is your genuine opinion. You aren't saying it 
just for just for retweets and you aren't saying it just to be relevant and i think there is that difference that um that with piers morgan the impression i often get uh is that he just says and, and picks the most extreme view that he can just to just to provoke people so that he's being talked about okay. so that there can be and, a clip of him and, on the daily mail website later that day and, and, that, and we are doing it right now the breakfast briefing with julia hartley brewer on talk radio If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.